What? I don't feel the force. I'm not allowed to. What do I feel? I feel Dracula force. I feel Dracula signals. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And here are your morning announcements. I almost forgot what they were again. Today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 8, Intro to Recycled Cinema. Here I am, not being as good as Glip Glop, obviously. Need to get a little bit better. Yuba Duba. All right, but instead of doing that, let's, let's do that good, good shuffle in Outsourcing Mike's Bits. All right, let's get that good, good shuffle going. I, I don't know if that is audible. Uh, we are we are getting down to the bottom of it again. Um, ben, if you want to guess how many we've got. Uh, 12. 19. Close. We don't no have cigar. that many episodes of this podcast left. All right. <laughs> That's... Remember... <laughs> remember the mortality of this podcast. All right. Now, my, my friend Ben. Yes. Would you rather have very fat arms with skinny legs or vice versa? What's with all the fat would questions? You, would you rather have very fat arms with skinny legs or vice versa? I mean, either way, you're going to be real out of proportion. Um, it's true. Uh, skinny skinny legs and fat arms or vice versa? Yes. Um so by fat, I assume they don't mean like muscular. So I can't like, I can't get yeah. super muscular legs and then right. hop on my bike. These are like yeah, yeah. just, okay. It, it's not like you've never missed leg day in your life, but you've only eaten chips in, in your arms. That was uh, a weird way to put that. <laughs> I've only eaten chips in my arms. Okay. I'm not going to think too hard about that. <laughs> I would say... Starting off with a bang! I would say... Uh, I'll take... Uh, I'll take fat legs, I guess. Um, I do a lot of things with my arms, and I don't yeah. do many things with my legs. Uh, it's hard to... It'd probably be hard to, like, play guitar with arms that are, like, really fat. Um, it, it, yeah. might be, it might be hard to type at a keyboard... Uh, I don't sure. know. Um, I mean, I, we're 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 apparently like kind of thinking of like like when Homer got uh, way too fat so he could work from home. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're kind of working off of? It seems that way. Um, sure. I mean, if I if my legs got fat, I could just wear a muumu, and mm-hmm. um, if my arms got fat, I couldn't dial a telephone. That's um, the Simpsons already answered this question for me. Uh, obviously, <laughs> kind of, um, it kind of did. Also, this won't be the only Simpsons reference in this podcast. I guarantee it. If I have fat legs, I when I fall into the nuclear reactor, I can plug it up with my butt. Whereas sure. I can't do that with the arms. Uh, so the Simpsons answered unless, it. There we go. Unless you dive in face first, but you are sacrificing yourself at that point. 
No, I just uh, just put my butt in the radiation, and then it's fine. Um, my butt yeah. will be radioactive, and I'll be sterile as hell. So free vasectomy. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks nuclear power. Legs. And thank you, fat legs. What um, about you, Mike? <laughs> what about me, indeed? Um, yeah, I, I think you have, uh, you know, you've presented a, a very interesting, uh, point about, uh, fat, fat legs and skinny arms. Have uh, I though? That... Have I? <laughs> <laughs> you, well, here's, here's the thing. You got me with the, uh, will you be able to, um, type on a keyboard, use a controller, other stuff, which you can do with skinny arms. You can also do it with like moderately okay arms like i've got but you're right it's not like we're, we're talking like 30 inch pythons we're talking you know all of the fat in your body goes to your arms and that just doesn't seem useful uh neither of them seem useful that's a, neither that's of a them is per- yeah mm-hmm. but i also <clears throat> feel like the fat arms which again this question sucks i just want to put that I'm, out there i'm we don't just like gonna this question. i'm just gonna throw this out here that the uh would you rather deck can get fucked with all these uh <laughs> fat related questions i agree uh, I, I feel bad for paying for them now uh, i mean i did before don't worry would um, would the would I, you rather deck like say- to suck a really skinny dick or a really fat dick <laughs> either way one, it can suck one, one like a pencil or one, anyway um so yeah, I I think you've also got if you were really doing it with skinny legs, you'd have some balance problems with big big arms, I think, which is kind of what we're talking about when people are like, "Oh, you didn't do leg day and you fell over." Do 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 or whatever. Um because you you got to have the good base uh, of your uh, center of gravity. Um mm-hmm. it, it, it you know, you, you're going to have to be somewhat proportional where if you've got all this stuff up top, you could get just you could get pushed over by a a, a particularly uh, harsh wind. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with this uh, the the fat legs as well. I guess now I don't want to litigate this too much, but right. um, if uh, one one parting thought before we go on to the actual okay. podcast at hand, if you did Welcome have to the Ben's parting thought, if you did have the fat arms, you could do the Chris Farley fat guy in a little coat bit. So you know you've mm. got that you've got that going for you. Oh man, uh huh. Can't do that. With the skinny arms. Anyways, yeah, let's true, let's yeah. hmm. let's burn that card into the sun. Okay, yeah. Um, right. Off it goes. Oh God! Oh no! <laughs> Return of the card. <laughs> uh, and let's talk about intro to recycled cinema, season six, episode eight of Community, in which uh, Chang Chang's becomes famous. famous. He he gets he gets memed into becoming. A uh, very famous person through some Kolb Kolb Family Farms ham commercials. Ham, girl! (laughs) Yes, it's the best catchphrase for a ham commercial possible. Also, that ham, like, I knew I was hungry when I started this. I was like, I really want that ham. It looks really good. That ham looks very good. I think... I wanted some ham. I think this, this idea as a plot... Uh, origin is interesting because it does sort of predict like people just becoming highly memed through things yeah. like TikTok <laughs> and then becoming sure. notable people who people are aware of. Not me because I'm not on TikTok, but like, sure, there are oh, people. Don't worry. I'm I'm not notable either. <laughs> there are people who are like 
No, I didn't mean I, I'm not. I mean, like you, you know, notable oh, TikTok like Charlie D'Amelio. I don't know who that is. Well, see, that's the point. So, uh, but yeah, so I, I think that's that's an interesting little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, not even foreshadowing. That's a little bit. Inter- that's a little interesting piece of like um, uh, predicting the future. Just predicting the future a little bit um, because I think. Not- Nowadays, if if you could get, um, I mean, so I don't do TikTok, but I know that kid who was talking about corn. Uh, oh he, yeah, corn he, kid. He loves corn. We um, love we love corn kid. We stand corn kid in this house. There are so many things that that spill over from TikTok into like the real world now, and so mm. like you know, the corn kid's not going to get advertising deals with corn with american corn because a corn sells itself here in america it's in literally everything um it's got a a pretty high up uh person selling it and that's the president of the united states americans are full of exactly four things uh freedom corn microplastics and beer so um one of the four (laughs) off down it goes Guess what, listeners? Guess, which, guess, one guess which one Mike just consumed? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, the kid, the kid doesn't, the corn doesn't need spokespeople. But also, like you know, the kid's probably a little bit young to become a corn spokesperson. But imagine that happened to someone who is actually like old enough to make business decisions about becoming the spokesperson for corn, and then. Uh, national corn being like yo let's get this corn kid he can oh, talk about corn. corn like that if that hasn't happened yet it's gonna happen like yeah, yeah. that's if just remember, how it goes if i remember correctly he did get like a, a an advertising campaign uh okay i literally just spent five minutes talking about how the corn kid's not gonna get an advertising campaign and you're like <laughs> actually he did you could have cut me off ages ago to make me not look <laughs> like an idiot I- I was do I was doing ad hoc immediate uh uh so the uh, Tariq uh, the the grade schooler known as Corn Kid blossomed into countless memes a corn ambassador role partnerships with brands like Chipotle and even a song it's corn uh, but Corn Kid has retired. <laughs> um, Imagine rising to fame becoming a. <laughs> A Chipotle uh, spokesperson, Chipotle apparently. partnership with a corn ambassador role. Um, imagine, then, imagine becoming a corn ambassador at the at the tender age of ten, and then retiring. Imagine that life. Um, anyways, ever, so I wanted to share this. Uh, Tariq said, "Ever since I retired, I just I didn't feel like myself, but." But like now that I'm a traveling around the world, I'm starting to get my attitude back. <laughs> Ever since school was starting, I have retired. <laughs> what is the internet? Um <laughs> Chang I I love I love Tariq. I love Corn Kid. Um uh, I I also uh <laughs> he says even if I got bored of corn, I will always be the corn kid in my heart and mine too, Tariq. <laughs> 
Oh, God, I love this. I love this so much. Chang becomes highly memed for his ham girl catchphrase on this cold family farms ham commercial. Very similar. To the point where he is going to, he's in talks with Steven Spielberg about playing Blue in the Play-Doh movie. Now, I don't know if you Googled, but I Googled. Did you know that there is a Play-Doh animated movie in the works? God damn it. Community did it again. Community, Community did it again. Um, Does it have Ken Jong as one of the Play-Dohs? It, 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 from what I've seen, it's being written, but it better fucking hope so. Get Holy Ken Jong to play a Play-Doh. Yeah. The perspective picture will be written by Oscar-nominated screenwriter Emily V. Gordon with John M. Chu producing with the potential to direct. The team looks forward to bringing the audience a moldable, pliable, iconically scented story about the importance of imagination, Chu and Gordon stated. Imagine winning an Academy Award and then being like, I'm going to write a movie about Play-Doh. Sure. I believe um, that that uh, Emily V. Gordon uh, was nominated for The Big Sick with, uh, with uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Because so, I believe that they're married. So Ben, ben Chang, is uh, he's the ham girdle guy. He's in talks with Spielberg's to make a Play-Doh movie. Can you imagine? I can imagine a hundred percent a world in which Corn Kid got into a movie. I can see this. Oh yeah, yeah, hundred. That's. Like, I mean, that's exactly is, what I'm saying, right? Like they looked into the future and it's like, that's funny. Let's do that. God, do you remember the, yeah. the weird era where every every filmmaker everywhere decided that like the internet was a real place? And so they just kept putting the internet into things like sure. uh, the the third X-Men movie had the like, I'm the juggernaut bitch from like oh, those, yeah. those, uh, the, the, those like a YouTube channel that just made a bunch of overdubs of the 90s X-Men cartoons. Yeah. And like one of them it had the juggernaut in. He's like, oh, you, can, you can't stop me. I'm the juggernaut bitch. Like and then they put that fucking line in X3 because they were just like, the internet's definitely a real place. And we're doing this for the real people in the real place, the internet. <laughs> um, and then the movie was bad, and I never watched it again. So, right. Um, Although I will say, I did enjoy when he said, I'm the juggernaut bitch. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed when he said, I'm the juggernaut bitch. Uh, but it was also like, you could have spent a lot more time making the movie good instead of watching the YouTube channel where they overdub 90s X-Men That's, cartoons. That is fair. But I that does scream of like a comedic writer somewhere being like, hey guys, hey guys, I saw this cool video on the internet. So Chang's the ham girl guy. Uh, we're 10 seconds into this episode and it's great. <laughs> we have made it so little into this episode. He... Ha, he he is doing this interview where he, he's talking about you know yeah he's in talks with, with Spielberg if if Spielberg wants wants him for the for the role you know it's fine uh, he's also like yeah I mean I just I have no one back home I have no friends you know there's nothing back for me in Colorado um, there's nothing uh, and everyone back home in Colorado is like okay like fuck this guy uh because they <laughs> they, they don't all say that specifically but yeah they i mean they say this much later but they're just like we put so much uh effort into him and like he just abandons abandons us like 
you know, so there's feelings. There's feelings about that. Um, yeah. Uh, they all seem to have forgotten the fact that, you know, all of Chang's story so far, where, you know, he was a dictator. He was a dictator. He was a dictator who tried to blow them up and the rest of the school. And they're just like, oh, he's leaving. Oh, I'd be like, I'm sad about good, it. Good it's riddance. Like, no, dude. Yeah. Get out of here. What are you doing? Um, Remember that Spanish teacher who tried to kill us that time? Yeah, he's gone now. And that's great. Yeah, that's a positive, a, a net positive. Why did it take him becoming the ham girl guy to, like, leave this school instead of just, like, <laughs> the cops showing up and arresting him? Yeah, over um, and over if it needs to. At the bar Britta works at, the Vatican, uh, everyone's talking about <laughs> Chang. Uh, they're all kind of butthurt about it, but Frankie does point out, there's an upside financially. Chang's absence lowers the insurance premiums by 6% alone. So that's um, ex- speaking of the fact that he was a fucking dictator uh-huh. and tried to blow up the damn school. Uh, this is when they're like, oh, yeah, we invested so much in him when no one else would. And then he leaves us. And that's when Abed says, well, I'm going to go. Cl- I guess I can finally clear some space on my hard drive, which is hilarious to me that Britta takes this as a euphemism to go use the bathroom <laughs> that is true I don't think it is very I don't funny. think anyone has ever used the phrase clear some space on my hard drive as a euphemism to go poop so that feels like a challenge and a challenge accepted uh all right next time I see you when you're if you need to use the restroom I expect to be like gotta go clear some room off gotta go clear some space off my hard drive uh, we'll see if I remember this conversation. Uh, I don't remember what happened like 20 minutes ago, so good luck. Uh, this is just the you world we the, live in. Again, you do have the benefit of listening to this at least another time. It's true, but uh, also, um, as aforementioned, I'm just consuming a constant intake of beer and microplastics, and between those two things, uh, supplemented with an occasional uh, bit of corn here and there, Sure. Um, you know, my memories just ain't is just ain't what it used to be. So it's it's amazing being an American sometimes where you're just just full of microplastics and beer and occasionally some corn. And I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm corn. <laughs> Sorry, that was just really I enjoyed that very much. Abed reveals that, no, actually, he was filming a movie with Chang, but um, he's never going to be able to complete it now because Chang is off being famous. He's the ham girl guy. Hollywood. He's the ham girl guy. He's he's off in Hollywood. Um, I I just (laughs) I I don't think I've ever mentioned it on this podcast, but uh, because of BoJack Horseman. I did change. Uh, I did set an autocorrect uh, substitution on my phone to change Hollywood to Hollywood, and I that always forget about it until I try to s- type out Hollywood, which doesn't happen very often. And then it goes to Hollywood, and I'm like, "Oh God damn it! Past me! Why did I do this?" <laughs> have you changed it back yet? No, I have not, because it's Will funny every time. <laughs> if if I move. To Los Angeles, where I probably need to uh, type out Hollywood, 
Or if I move to the Hollywood uh, uh, district here in Portland, then maybe, maybe. But until then... We won't won't even talk about Hollywood, Florida. Until then... uh, No, it's Hollywood. So, um, (laughs) there's no way to finish this film. They, uh, They go to apartment 303, where... Abed shows the like six minutes of of footage he has. Uh, uh, it feels way more like six seconds based on the rest of the vi- the movie, but fine. Chang is playing the hero, Police Justice. Abed points out he had a real life former cop write the dialogue, and then Chang immediately says, "I'm gonna punch you in the heart." So you know, they're not great at that. No comment. Britta does say, I don't think police should be heroes. Uh, so, you know, Britta's always spinning her truths there. Um, and then, um, so yeah, the the scene, all the footage, the entirety of the footage is Chang sitting at a desk in a suit, talking on a phone, and then like talking between takes. Uh, where he's like, are we, are we rolling? Are we rolling? Yeah. <laughs> uh, all and, of this information is super useful. And then uh, Chang is I like, need all right. motivation. What am I doing? Uh-huh. And, and then Chang is like, all right, well, uh, let's get some lunch. And then Chang found out the McRib is back. And so they lost the rest of the day. Uh, question for Which you. Which makes sense. Have you ever eaten a McRib? Oh, yeah. They're great. I love McRibs. Yeah, they're, they're processed pork uh, that's molded into a shape. Uh, that doesn't make mean that they're not delicious. Would you believe that I have never in my life consumed a McRib? No, I would believe it. Uh, follow-up question. Should I attempt consuming a McRib? Well, here's the problem. I don't know if we're currently I'm, in the McRibiverse. I, I think we are, because I was at McDonald's last week, and I think okay. I saw it on the menu. Um can yeah, I get a McRibLocator.com? Um, wow, McRibLocator.com is a real exi- a real site that exists. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but it is it seems to be user-generated content, and the closest one is in El Paso, Texas. Okay, so if I find myself in El Paso, Texas... Um, yeah, that's kind of important, I suppose. It doesn't seem like a, a very well-used... Availability aside, if... if I, so if I go to work tomorrow and at lunch, okay. I go to McDonald's and if their okay. menu says, hey, guess what, you motherfucker, we have a McRib. Do I get the McRib? Is it worth is it worth my time to get the McRib? Um, OK. Keep in mind, the menu just called me a motherfucker. <laughs> it's very rude for them to do, I think. Uh, that being said, I. I think. If you're go- if you're at McDonald's and you're already ordering something on the McDonald's menu, I don't think it's the worst thing to order on the McDonald's menu. Obviously, I'm damning it with faint praise here, uh-huh. um, but there's something about if you're looking for fast food barbecue, question, quote unquote pork with some pickles and onions, it's obviously the choice. Because again, no one else is 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 offering a formed pork patty with barbecue sauce on it. I do feel a little bit like you dodged the question, but uh, that's I am, fine. I'm, 
I'm actively moving towards it. I, I think that I think it is a good um, supplement, if you will, a complement to possibly other things. So if you're like, I don't know, I'm feeling a little bit like some chicken nuggies and you know, McNuggets and you're like, I don't know, I feel like I should eat more than that. Let me get a McRib. That feels like the best time for okay okay so you're like, not you're not going there for the mcrib but you're adding right. on the especially McRib. if okay. you're not if if you're not excited about the mcrib if you're like i really want and and i recognize how many times i've said mcrib to the point where i know that i've caused at least some people in our in our listenership to go be like god damn it i gotta get a fucking McRib now jesus mike fuck you um if you're not like going out to go get it, I don't want to make it the centerpiece of your meal, um, especially because I know y- y- I I, I the, the shaped pork is obviously a some for some folks a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, a I'm okay with it. It depends on that. But if you're like eh, I don't like it, I still at least have twenty McNuggets or whatever whatever you ended up getting. I think that's an important thing of like make it don't because if you're going to make it the centerpiece and you don't know if you like it, you're like, well, I just had a shitty meal. Okay. Um, I am looking at the ingredients here and it does look like it is uh, 40% corn, 40% freedom and uh, uh, 20% microplastics, 0% beer. Um, oh, but that's, well, I mean, that's they the don't breakdown. Serve very much, they don't um, serve very much beer at McDonald's, mm-hmm. unfortunately. I have sent many petitions. Uh, so um, also for the record. I want Ronald McDonald to pour beer directly into my mouth. Thank you. For the record, my thing was a joke. Uh, do not sue me, McDonald's. I feel like McDonald's would be the one to be like, no, nah, we're going to sue this motherfucker. No, so, that's fair. Um, that that being said, I can still express my wish that Ronald McDonald come to my house and pour beer down my throat. Absolutely. So that's when uh, Steve Gutenberg shows up. Um, what a star. The stonecutters never miss. What what a get. You got the goot. And the goot shows up. He's playing Maury, who's a... Uh, some some Hollywood uh, dude producer in, type, yeah. Uh huh. He's in Colorado for medical reasons. Um, I'm assuming it's the weed, but he does describe this was like this was 2015 kind of nitrogen so. level. So um, he's like, okay, well, you've got you've got this this the rights to this this footage. He signed the release, so. You can make a film. It doesn't need to be good. It just needs to be 81 minutes. And you've got the ham girl guy and people will pay for that. So, like, you're going to make a ton of money for the school. And um, uh, and Abed's just like, I don't I don't think so. I mean, like, you know, it, I've got six minutes of, like, uh, a right. police officer sitting at a desk. And the goot's like, why does it have to be a police movie? People don't even like police now. They like dinosaurs. They like aliens. And anything else that Chris Pratt can join forces with. I have three minutes of footage, and he's clearly a police chief behind a desk in New York. Is he? Or is it Space York? Or is it a dinosaur desk? How do I know? Just add some CG. That's what they do with Chris Pratt. They put him in a regular scene, and then they add some gagoos. I have a few CG models of some gagoos. I got fired from a mouthwash commercial, but I successfully won back the rights to my gingivitis monster. Yeah, Chris Pratt is taking a beating in this episode. He's taking quite a beating in this episode. Um, Just add some CG. That's what they do with Chris Pratt. 
Um, Elroy is all about it. Mm-hmm. He loves doing that CG because he was able to to retain the rights to his. Uh, oh shoot! I've, the the monster in I the, don't the, remember what they he called him. Gooba, goobas, goo. I remember what they called him, but it's for um, like his gingivitis, uh, like monsters mm-hmm. or something like that, because he did a commercial or something for some kind of dental office. Um, so instead, you got gingivitis monsters in whatever we're doing here, which is uh, called Chief Star and the Raiders of the Galaxy. Uh, Elroy also goes on a thing about how he has a. A green billiard ball three, which I I didn't follow. I but yeah, that was just no, there. Absolutely. <laughs> but if you're gonna have somebody do a non sequitur, Keith David is your man. <laughs> I am gonna I'm gonna look this up because I'm if it's a thing, there are like eight people yelling their lungs out at me, like Ben, you moron. Um I go- I googled it and I went to Reddit and Reddit has has blessed me with this. I thought the uh this is from Sprawn. I thought the gr- green three ball was a brilliant joke. I think ultimately it's about noticing something, wondering what it means, feeling it's important, and everyone else thinks you're crazy. It's also a commentary on the stel- storytelling trope that every detail has to matter. If you find a green three ball in act one, it better go off by act three. But in life, sometimes there are weird things that just don't mean anything. So somehow in a in a section where there is no Chekhov's gun, we found one. We found a Chekhov's gun. Uh, I didn't get what I was looking for, but um, I can't believe I didn't even think about this. Uh it, the trivia for this episode does say the movie Abed was filming with Chang is from the police justice script Buzz Hickey offered to help him with the dialogue. So he's the former. Oh my God, that's the, amazing. The real life former cop. And Buzz um, Hickey would be terrible at this. And Buzz Hickey did say, I'm going to punch you in the heart. So I can't believe I missed that. Like, I just wasn't even thinking about it. Um, Phenomenal. Did you know this show's good? Holy shit. <laughs> we should do a podcast about it. Also, it does look like in Snooker, there is a green three. Aha. There we go. So he's just, it's just English is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. And, and you know how weird the English can be. Uh-huh. Sometimes, sometimes it's all normal and then you've got a green three and you're like, your whole world's up, turned upside down. Uh huh. Sometimes you order a biscuit and then you get a cookie and you're like, "What? What the shit, dude?" And then you put, "I put gravy on this. This is terrible." And then uh, Ted Lasso does all the jokes about how England's slightly different from America. Yeah, um, that's the thing. They still they still eat the microplastics and the beer. Not as much corn though. It's true. Jury's out on freedom. I don't know anything about. I don't know England. I, something about bre- something something Brexit. Um. Uh, bold <laughs> bold words. Um, bold words. Two of which were something. So, anyways, they set forth to uh, make this movie. Um, the uh, chief star and the Raiders of the Galaxy, um, which it's, is it's very good. In a word, it's great. It, no, it's very bad, but it's very funny. Um, 
it has it has a lot of the qualities that make a uh make a bad movie fun like obviously you've only got the, the you know the like six ish minutes of chang uh that you you just have to keep recycling and and um but like this is like just a little bit more effort and you've got a samurai cop on your hand dude like yeah yeah you know, obviously there's moments in the, they're filming it over a weekend. It has to be ready for Monday. They're improvising as they go along. And there are obvious parts where like, you know, they break character and they're like talking, you know, to each other in, in real life terms. And, you know, little, little things like that. But like, this is almost good enough to be the level of bad that's fun. Yeah, like it's, it's definitely what what the meta mm-hmm. discussion is like. We want this to look funny to the point where it's like, well, they're not trying in universe, but we are trying out of universe to make this look like they're not. And it's they uh-huh. actually do a really good job here. So, like, I I think it would be, um, uh, you know, because the the point of the episode is it's a very bad movie. Right, they, they make a very bad movie. But like, it's so close to being a fun bad movie, and it's it's fun to watch the episode, and we'll get more into that in grades. Like, but like, sure, it's fun to watch the in universe bad movie because the joke is that it's bad. But like, like I said, just a little bit more quality, and it would be like a you could make this into a real movie that is so bad it's good, right? And you that throw was it at- fucking levels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the you throw it at a midnight screening, throw you know lasers at the screen or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. and the lasers are like, yuba duba yuba duba. Everybody yells yuba duba duba. Exactly. Uh-huh. Like you could actually make that happen. Now I kind of want to make this happen. Uh-huh. We gotta make I, a movie, Ben. I need I need the full eighty-one minute cut, uh, and then yeah, we'll yeah. we'll do a midnight show. It yeah, sounds yeah. great. Who, who, who do we have to call? Uh, so the. We we get to, to the like meat of the episode, um, which much like a McRib is uh, smashed into some sort of shape uh, resembling <laughs> something. It is it is a very funny thing to watch because it is simultaneously the production quality is bad and great at the same time. Yeah, because that's true in this in the matter of like a day they have transformed different pieces of the school into a starship and a space station and a, uh, uh, star Wars cantina bar. <laughs> For um, lack of a better term. Yeah. I mean, half of this movie is star Wars. Yeah. There's a good you've, amount of star got, Wars in this one. You've got, you've got Moss Eisley scene where someone gets shot and everyone looks and it just goes back to do 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 do. Except Frankie's there playing the fucking steel drums, which is a which great is such callback. A wonderful callback, I, and I'm it's like, so I love good. the fact that they're like they're they're absolutely like we got these steel drums, we can't use them for a single episode. It was barely it was barely a joke in the last episode. Like it did it did technically <laughs> exist, but it was in there for like fifteen seconds. And then they're like, no, we're bringing Incredible. it back. She plays the steel drums now. This is a Incredible. thing. Incredible. Just 
just truly incredible. But you've you've got the the Maz Eisley scene where someone gets shot and everyone goes back to just like doing their thing. Yeah. And you've got um uh you've got uh them in a hallway shooting at at bad guys and then jumping down uh-huh. a uh trash chute and then the trash compactor in the fucking frisbee room. This yeah, episode yeah. is just you could rename this episode with, Callback with, City. W- literally with like a Dianoga. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, yeah. there's a monster. Pew, 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 pew. Oh, no, we're going to be crushed. Yeah. Uh, it is very much, we're kind of doing Star Wars a little bit here. <laughs> um, Which makes the- sense from a like a student film level quality. Uh, yeah, thing of absolutely. Like, you know, we got to get a movie done. Well, what movie's good? Star Wars is pretty good, and it's in space. Um, And, uh, yeah, and, but it's... It's basically just Star Wars with um, uh, a weird gingivitis alien uh, going yuba dooba dooba. His name's Glip Glop. Yuba dooba Glip Glop. Yuba dooba dooba. Hashtag who is Glip Glop? <laughs> Le- legitimately love the, love love that this series continues to want to put hashtags out there. Uh, we get. All sorts of like little bits of Chang in there because like they're in the space battle and it's just like, are we rolling? And then uh, are, are we rolling? And it shows it like the the ship <laughs> doing this, a barrel roll. The ship is doing a barrel roll. But it's like, yeah, we're rolling. <laughs> a lot of a lot of like, why am I here and stuff like that. Um, I do want to point out the original ending with Leonard uh, shooting. Uh, whatever his character name is, Chief Star, and then he just kind of fades away. Um, and with like a, a long shot on Leonard crying, <laughs> I was like, Leonard has no, no reason to be this good at this. This uh-huh. is so funny. Uh, we get like everyone's just making it up as they go along. So uh-huh. Jeff is the space mayor. Uh, solely for the fact that <laughs> Chang is on the phone talking to the mayor. Uh, Britta at, at, one, at one, one point says the mayor is all up my ass or something like that. Britta is his daughter, but also Annie is a, a sex like robot a s- turned assassin and also Jeff's other daughter. <laughs> uh, which later yeah. they're like, oh, I love you. And then like, and the goot is like, that's hot. The goot's into it. Uh, I love you. I love you. That's your daughter. You're my daughter. Yeah, you said we were sisters, dumbass. It's hot. It's like Chinatown in space. Hey, the goot has been into literally everything that's been put on screen in front of him. It's true. We're watching the film and he's just like, oh. Oh man! Oh, like he's just so excited. Like he's um, into it. It's 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 great. This this like movie within a show is, I would watch. Yeah, I mean it's it's just I don't I don't have a lot of specific things to call out here because it is just a sort of cacophony of weird <laughs> sci-fi tropes and people making shit up as they go along. Yeah. yeah. Um, Annie pulls out a laser bomb from her bra basically <laughs> yeah she reaches down her shirt and pulls out a, a laser bomb um which becomes important it becomes at, it, it becomes important actu- into the actual plot of the episode Not um, reference because again boobs there's 
uh, <laughs> in the in the in the Moss Eisley scene, Magnitude shows up and he's in a giant carrot costume. <laughs> <laughs> And Elroy, Elroy has given Chang's character a, f- a laser beam phone. So he like <laughs> holds it up to his, his ear to like do the phone animate the phone clip. Right. And then shoots the carrot man. And I'm just Who, like, what am I watching? Yeah. Magnitude's death scene is very funny because he's definitely like, I'm going to look behind myself to make sure the pad's next to me. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Ah, it's it's very good. And also Frankie does die because Frankie also attacks Uh uh, the uh, chief star. It's it's all dumb and amazing Uh and clearly like really good actors enjoying acting like shit. (laughs) Uh I do, though, want to call out Elroy, though, because he other than the fact that his his like third eye falls off of his forehead. Right, which he covers by saying, "Oh, because I'm a robot." <laughs> Other than that, he's he is getting really into it. Like, sure, everyone else is kind of like, "Oh, uh, well, no, we're in a space battle. Yeah, we're rolling. Oh my, I'm, I'm, I'm a pleasure droid assassin." And like, I feel like there are points in which some of them are into it when it's like uh-huh. Annie is actually really into it during the pleasure droid, like, but she's also trying to figure out who her character right. is. Um, but she's into it, but but you're right, Elroy is just like Elroy is just going. like I'm the Minotaur this man. Is, this is this is my shit. Let's go. Elroy is so into his role as the Minotaur man in this scene where I was getting some flashbacks to like season one Mando when he meets up with Carl Weathers in the in the bar (laughs) because it's that same sort of like you've got the deep voice. You've got the like, I'm taking this this weird Star Wars dialogue incredibly seriously. Oh, my God. What an incredible pull. And up until Elroy's eye falls off, I'm like, it's the same character. One just happens to be a Minotaur man. I understand you're looking for your friend. Yeah. I'm Minotaur Man. What? Friends are hard to come by in space. You'd better take this for protection. The sound you hear coming from that gun I gave you is 40,000 hyperwatts of laser. (laughs) Don't worry worry about that. I can put that back. Sometimes my eye falls off because I'm a robot. This is all I have. Why so slow? It's not slow at all, actually. Very busy. They just don't want to pay guild rates. They don't mind if things get sloppy. What's your highest bounty? Not much. 5,000? That won't even cover fuel these days. Mm. There is one job. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm looking at right there. That's Grief Karga. So, like... The actual name of the character of Carl Weathers. I just know him as Carl Weathers. And then I always make jokes about, like, baby, no, you, got you got a stew got going. going. Yeah. <laughs> you, got a, you, got a, you got a mythosaur, baby, you got a stew going. Um, yeah, that's... It's just... It's very fun to watch actors that know what they're doing act like they don't. Uh-huh. 
It's it's very because I I mean, who among us haven't like made a stupid movie that everyone's like kind of like doing whatever, and then like you see the real movies and but you could see like El like Keith David and Paget Brewster being these just wild people. Also, one thing that's not noted that we haven't noted yet is Jim Rash is the back double of Ken Jong, <laughs> which is very funny. Uh-huh. Yeah, so there's a lot of weird scenes of just like the the main character just walking into places and you like see him from the back or like he sits down at a table. He sits down at the and then it's it cuts back to Chang sitting at the same desk. Um Talking oh, on the phone, funny. shooting his phone laser. Um, <laughs> it's it's good. It's it's real good. And you know what? Here's the thing: for like a weekend project, uh, this movie turns out pretty this great. Kicks ass um, yeah, for a weekend. They they deserve the check that's mm-hmm. coming to them. The thing is, like nowadays on YouTube, you can you can watch projects that people have put together that are like way more impressive than this sure but i feel like in 2015 like if i was if i was scrolling through youtube and i i saw uh uh 81 minutes uh, 81 minutes of uh what the fuck is this film the raiders of the galaxy yeah if i if i was scrolling through youtube and they're just like oh hey we're youtube we finally lifted that 10 minute restriction on videos and then people are like here's my 81 minute student film chief star and the avengers of uh, raiders of the galaxy or whatever <laughs> it's fine they're it's definitely fine. they're definitely re- referencing guardians of the galaxy um i'd be like okay what's this and i'd start watching it and it depends <sighs> films like this you really got to grab me from the beginning because like if I if I load it up and just like oh this is garbage I'm not going to watch. But now if you if you hook me right in the in the beginning I'm in for all 81 minutes. It doesn't matter how many times characters break the fourth wall, break character, eyes fall off. Uh, it's very clearly you've got only 6 minutes of footage from the same guy <laughs> who's half of it's him ordering McRibs for lunch. Um <laughs> I'm into oh, man. it. I would love to see Chief McRib and the McRibs of the McRib. I mean, you you've got um, you've got real um, uh, sponsor power oh, at that man. point. The SpawnCon, mm-hmm. baby. Um, so I only know what I only know what SpawnCon is because of the new Party Down series. Because one of the one of the new uh, of course you would. characters. He's a bit. He's a big TikTok guy, <laughs> yeah. and so he talks about getting SpawnCon. And uh, I'm like, I. That's the only reason I know what SpawnCon is. So, um, proving yet again, me being not on TikTok makes me an old man. So, and you know me, the the avenue to the youths. How do you do, fellow um, kids? Um, so we've talked a lot about the. <laughs> Most of the jokes where where they're basically all coming from the movie. Um, there is one piece uh, after the first scene is filmed. Uh, Jeff kind of pulls Abed aside and is like, you know, Abed is like the whole time is like uncomfortable with how how everybody's not taking this seriously. It's not going to live up to his his like standard of quality. 
And Jeff is like, sometimes you have to, like, I, I go in the gym and I work out, but I don't st stay on the same treadmill forever. So, and sometimes I go out in the world and I premiere my body. And Abed's like, I think I understand. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of gets Abed to kind of continue with the whole group. Um, and then that. that yeah, because Abed comes, thinks it's trash the whole thing. time. Like, I mean, it is, but like it can it can be entertaining trash. <laughs> but Abed, Abed considers himself like a real filmmaker. So like the fact that sure. he's making trash does not sit well with him. Right. Yeah. It. We're not at the, you know, five years ago where Abed was okay with making, you know, kick puncher where, you know, Troy was the girl. He made his uh, Jesus epic and like that's that's elevated him to a whole new level of filmmaking. Right, right. So Abed, um, Abed, Abed. So, uh. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't have, well, I was going to say I don't have too much else, uh, about the film. Um, <laughs> but Glip Glop does turn out to be an evil spy. Um, so that there is that 100% that, that one feels very much like that was a, a who's line sketch that kind of morphed in the middle and everybody just kind of rolled with it. Uh huh. Um, the only other thing, uh, I do want to call out about the film itself is that, um, Leonard says, I feel the force. What? I don't feel the force. I'm not allowed to. I feel Dracula signals. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, again, it's very much Star Wars until it's kind of not. So, do you have, do you have anything else you want to add about the act the the film within the TV episode? Because it's mostly you know, just weird shit that happens in a vaguely Star Wars Star yeah, Wars ish it, universe with some scenes of Ken Jong on a green screen. Yeah. That's that's the film, and and it, it interspersed with Steve Gutenberg going, "This is amazing!" Steve, oh man, he shot him. Steve Gutenberg loves this film. I love i I just love Steve Gutenberg yelling about how amazing this film is as he's watching it on a laptop. It's so funny to me. So, uh, Steve Gutenberg watches this film and he's like, "It's great. It's it's absolutely great." How long is it? It's eighty seven minutes. So Abed has to cut six minutes because apparently it needs to be exactly 81 minutes. 81 was Otherwise, not a minimum. People buy it. 81 yeah, it was is, a specific target. You it won't it won't play in, in, in Topeka if it's not 81. So they have to figure out what six minutes to cut from yeah, the, the, the they, movie. They pretty quickly zero in on a six minute and six and a half minute uh epic of of jeff dying which includes zero chang i do love the fact though that jeff has gotten so into this that he's mouthing the words to his his speech as they're watching yeah. it there is a weird sort of joy in watching <laughs> jeff find joy in something so ridiculous because yeah, everything agree. else about Jeff, he's he's always been like, I have to be an adult. I was a fancy lawyer. I buy all the fancy faucets and drink fancy scotches. I don't have time for your shenanigans unless my shenan unless your shenanigans help me in some way. So it's 
That was my Jeff uh, impression, by the way. Was, I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't tell who Joel was, McHale you know, was really were, not in the room. So I, I was surprised. Um, I mean, I, I know we've always got Allison Bree in here, but I, I, I thought we'd just gotten Joel, too. And uh, unfortunately, um, because I, I had a very great choice of words, uh, Allison Brie yeah. uh, couldn't make Just it to this in- episode recording today. She's um, she had other other uh, things scheduled today, other you know movies and stuff. She's busy, important, all of that. Yeah, yeah. But um, she always wants <clears throat> to let you know when you've had a real poor poor choice of words there, Ben. Uh huh. She's uh, very good at at pointing that out. So. Um, Anyways, uh, but yeah, the the fact that Jeff goes from this like I'm so important and adult and whatever to him like mouthing the words silently to himself from his death scene in this 86 minute long <laughs> garbage movie that's half ripping off off Star Wars and features a gingivitis monster uh, shouting "Yuba Duba Duba" over and over and over again. Sure. And the fact that he's just he's finding legitimate joy. And and Joel McHale is a good enough actor where like just sort of the subtle expressions on his face. It's like, oh, Jeff is like he 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 secretly loves this shit. Like he's yeah, into yeah. it. Th- there, this episode like almost doesn't deserve the pathos it's given <laughs> by its actors. <laughs> and it's so wonderful that they just you know what? They just did. I mean, I I love the movie Snakes on a Plane. It is arguably not a good it's movie. A, no, it is not. But it is great because it's a movie that's called Snakes on it's a Plane. It's a movie that's called Snakes on a Plane, starring Samuel L. Jackson. Um, and Who literally says he wants to get these motherfucking snakes off this motherfucking plane he literally Again, what else do you want i, I yeah. went to see this movie i went to see this movie because of that right i mean speaking of them you know pulling things from the internet into the movie that was not an originally <laughs> that was not originally in the movie that was a thing that they were like people on the internet are talking about this and they made this meme <laughs> i've had it with these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane let's just throw that in the movie and they did um and uh but like Samuel L. Jackson, like legitimate, like real good actor. And he's just like, yeah, I want to be in it. And I want to be in it because it's called Snakes on a Plane. You change the title of this movie and I fucking walk. Yeah, that's that's very funny because they, they did try to change the name to Pacific Air Flight 121. And it's very funny. It's like, I'm not going to be in it if it's not called uh-huh. Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> It is such a bad movie, but the fact that Samuel L. Jackson shows up and gives it his all is great. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like that is we get that like 10 times over in this in this little episode because it is all of these great actors showing up and being like let's make a bad Star Wars movie on a green screen with Ken Jong and <laughs> um cool all right we did it and like they're all having fun <laughs> and uh paget brewster playing those damn steel drums every time she's just like so into it i know <laughs> it's so I, good it makes me wonder if she actually does it in real life or not or if she's just um, very good at like acting like she does so uh jeff freaks out because he doesn't want his scene cut um, everyone else agrees. Like, I mean, Chang's not even in it. We're trying to bank off of the popularity of the ham girl guy, 
we got to cut this scene. He steals the laptop and goes and runs into the Frisbee room. And he decides he's going to edit it himself and starts watching YouTube tutorials on how to edit films. Um, Kyle, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle Biederman's editing tutorials. I'm Kyle Biederman. Yeah, that Kyle Biederman. <laughs> I love this episode just gets better and better. The fact that he's like, just teach me how to edit. I don't care about the UI. It's I mean, as someone who had to learn how to edit podcasts and like I've got I've got the patience for it. Sometimes, though, you're just like, well, when you're trying to not cut your own scene and it has uh to be done in the next 15 minutes. Uh Step one, how to correctly label your files. No, Nobody cares about labeling files. Teach me to edit. (laughs) It's very good. Uh, Also, labeling your files uh, meaningfully is a very important step. Oh, absolutely. Um, (laughs) Abed comes into the frisbee room and he tries to convince Jeff to um give him back the laptop and you, um you're not giving this enough to me. Uh he kind of pops up as a Dianoga in the the, the frisbees. He that's just him pops entering the room. <laughs> I may not have but, sold it to the full physicality of what's going on in the scene oh, here. Oh Danny Pudi's physicality must be observed. It's so good. He pops up one place and it goes down and it pops up another. It's very funny to me. Abed's trying to convince him to give back the laptop. And um, Jeff is, he he rages out. I mean, he's, uh, he literally tries to kill Abed. Um, to the point where Abed's like, no, you're literally killing me. And uh, which which kind of causes him to kind of recoil at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's when Jeff kind of reveals like he's having a bit of a breakdown because he's like, I've I've really just come to realize that uh, every single one of you is going to leave here except me. Troy's already left. Shirley's already left. Now Chang's in Hollywood. You're going to go off and do great things. Hell, even Pierce was lucky enough to die. I'm just going to be here forever. I I like that's a deep emotional well of like you know being left alone behind and I think that's that there is a real emotional mm-hmm. feel there like that I was like I I I I'm not sure if I connected with it but I was like whoa I like the the vibes the vibe shift wild uh-huh. uh it it does soften the blow that he's like I finally know in my heart that I will literally be the last one of us here and I know in my heart that they gave digital muscles to Chris Pratt. I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I watched Parks and Rec. There's no way that happened. Um, <laughs> Which, again, Chris Pratt taking it on this one. And you know what? Fair. Yeah, no comment. Um, and Abed even says, like, look, we got to stop talking about Chris Pratt so much because it's not healthy. Um, <laughs> That's true. So... Abed does come up with a plan, though, because after cutting Jeff's six and a half minute long scene, but he only needed six minutes. He's like, I've got an I've got an idea for that. That last 30 minutes or minutes. Yeah, I've got an idea for that last 30 seconds of the movie. And so um, now the the scene still happens where where Chang's character gets shot through the chest and goes 
why am I here? What is what is my motivation? What am I doing here? Fades out of existence. Goes down to hell because Jeff's by cutting the scene, Jeff's last line to Chang's character is I'll see you in hell. So they go down to hell and uh Jeff's character is there and he's like, See, I told you I'd see you in hell. And look who else is here. And then the fucking clip uh, <laughs> glops there shouting yuba duba duba everybody loves it oh man oh man the goot loves See, this new the edit goot loves it it's so great it's so wonderful because this is being screened for the entire school it looks like and they are into it so now aside from like oh i'm wandering through youtube's recommendations and yeah. just like finding this randomly imagine Going to an event at your school and people who go to your school show you this. <laughs> that's amazing. Because like when it's just randos on the internet, you're just yeah. like, what the hell is this? What, but what, when this what when this is Jeff and of? Britta and Annie and all those weirdos that you've seen around school and they're they've made this film, <laughs> you're maybe just a little bit drunk. Oh, well, that's, that's a, a, that's a great drugs. Friday night. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm into Again, that. This uh, midnight, you, you all like when it's when it's hell, you all like throw you, you throw like marshmallows or something because you're trying to get them warm from the fires of hell or something like that. Like you could see I could see this happening. So uh, everyone loves it, especially the goot. He's like, oh, man, you guys are going to make so much money off of this thing. Uh, that's when his phone rings, and he's like, "Oh, that's the producers." And he picks it up. Like, wait, what's what's chapter eleven? What's YouTube? What's a broadband? Uh, it's very funny how deep that goes. Like, what's digital? And he's like, as he's walking off, he's just saying these things. It is, uh, you know what? I, I it's just incredible. It's all very good. But it turns out that uh, Chang's bankability may not really be around forever because uh, there's a news story just broke. We have no idea what the news story is. All we know is that Elroy's never going to look at a hot air balloon the same way again. Or James Franco's ball. Yeah, that's an interesting... It was a very interesting... Maybe... Well, hold on. Wait. Maybe this is the green three. Maybe it is a Chekhov's gun situation. A Chekhov's green three, uh, if you will. So that that billiard ball was James Franco's, is what I'm hearing. Yes. James That's Franco's, what, what you're saying here on this podcast with definitive proof is that James Franco has has testicles that look like billiard balls. I'm saying... And at least one of them is green and has the number three tattooed on I'm it. I'm saying that in the community universe, James Franco has a green three for one single ball. Okay. You've you've heard it here first. Uh, definitive facts from Mike. Um, definitive facts in the community universe. A phrase I'm, I'm almost really worried that you'll cut out of my thing that I said. Therefore, uh, James Franco can only sue Mike in the community universe... Where canonically, we are doing this as the morning announcements. Shit! Uh, I forgot about the canon (laughs) of the podcast! We are are literally um, 
you know, an hour into the the morning podcast for this fucking school, being like, so James Franco's ball, uh, James Franco's testicle is definitely green and has the number three tattooed on it, right? We're all in agreement on that, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, we all saw the the news news article. Anyways, the French club will be having a bake sale uh, to uh, raise funds for uh, their trip to the French bakery downtown. Um, yes. Wait, wait they're having a bake sale to go to a bake... Whatever. Don't overthink well, it. Well, I mean, is... it's not like they can go to Paris. The closest they could get to is maybe Montreal. We get... It's not quite the tag. It's sort of a little follow-up of Chang's yeah. story. Um it's like a tag before the tag. He's doing Pre-tag. the voice of Blue in this Play-Doh movie. Right, and, the one that is actually going to exist. And so he's he's literally doing the voice. And then uh, they're like, oh, can we just get like one more? Uh, you know, just um, just just one more, you know, just yeah. for safety. And Chang's and being a real dick about, a it. about it. Yeah, he throws a fit. He's, he's a little bit of a diva. And the uh, P, uh, the production assistant is like, well, can we just get one more? Uh, he's a bit of a stickler. He's like, well, you could tell Spielberg to lick my butt. And it's like, well, I mean, he is right here. And Chang immediately gets fired. Yeah. Um, I And then he leaves through a little door in the recording booth, not the way he came in. And Ben, welcome to the next 30 minutes of your life because we're going to talk about this little door for a while. <laughs> I have okay, so clearing many my questions. schedule. Yes. Why is the door so small? Uh-huh. Why does it lead directly outside? How often do actors get fired during line reads and have to go through the little door? What there it, it there are crows outside? What's what is the deal? Uh I have answers for all of those. The answers to the first two are exactly because uh they get fired all the time. The Answer to number three is all the time. And the answer okay. to number four is that crows uh, are a type of bird that exists in nature. You know what? I, you, I I was wrong. I thought we were gonna take a lot more discussion about that, but I think we're done here. Um and then uh so Chang does get fired. Um yeah. And, and Randall Park comes in and takes over his, uh, uh-huh. his spot. Randall Park as himself, because he's, yeah. they're just like, oh, um, come on in, Randall. And then uh, he's going to do the voice now. But if you look at the credits, they're just like, oh, yeah, no, that was Randall Park as himself. Um, yeah, it's very funny to me. <laughs> I can't believe, I can't believe they're, they, they've done some of these things in this, this season. It's very good. So, uh, then we get the tag. Um, they're all the the uh, study group, which is no longer a study group, is sitting in the library. They're talking about business. Chang just kind of slowly walks in, and everyone just acts real weird about it. And sure, I mean, as you would after basically being like, "I have no friends back there. There's uh-huh. nothing there for me." And then um, I didn't make a note about what reference Britta screws up. Um, but she, she screws up a reference. She says something is Pink Floyd. Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with hair clippers. <laughs> Pink Floyd. Oh, You're the worst. What? Oh, she is the worst. Pink Terrible. I can't believe she said that. Have you seen any movies? Name one movie. We're, we're all I mean, enjoying it. Britta's the worst? <laughs> and then... Right. 
they're all like, God, Britta's the worst. And then Chang's like, Britta's the worst. And he's immediately back on top because. And, y- and yet again, he's been forgiven for some bad things that he's done. Hey, he didn't try to kill anyone this time. Okay, so just because I said the word bad doesn't mean this is the worst thing he's ever done. I'm just saying if you've got a if you've got a a, a graph of all of the things Chang has done and and like one of those axes is like severity of the bad thing. Sure. Uh, this one's not even close to the worst. No. I'm not first off I'm not saying that. Uh F- but fair and two i cannot wait to see this at, on uh, on our facebook group uh cool you've given me homework beyond all the editing i do to make us sound less like morons uh that's the end of the episode and that means that it is time for grades this is a very funny episode like it really hits the we're gonna do a bad movie but make it seem kind of funny like kind of a b movie the entire entire way with really you know uh talented people like they they get the tone right of it it's very funny throughout there are even some really really funny moments like like um, i i i don't think i gave it enough leonard's acting after he shoots uh chief star is incredible and frankly was not necessary but i'm glad that it's there um the uh the kind of like the deep emotional move of jeff kind of feels a little like they they it's 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 bubbling under the plot the entire time because at the vatican he mentions it of course the bar that that brita works at um and then it kind of comes bubbles back up at the the ending um that there's not really a middle you know, middle reaction to it. Um, that feels kind of weird, but like I, I that's it's fine enough because even the acting in that scene is very good. I think this is a really good episode. I think it it definitely, you know, uh fits it 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 it's a hundred percent a community. I think this would fit in with some of the best episodes in other seasons as well. I'm gonna call this an A plus. Wow. Okay. Uh, strong words from. Uh, and also the little door. I I I can't stop thinking about that little door. I would say that this is a very good episode. Um, the fact that everyone is sort of committing to this bit, um, like as an episode of of TV, like watching the actors do the thing they're doing, it's very fun. Um. The sure. I think the plot is is well enough. Like it's it's mostly just it's mostly just twenty four minutes of people being weird idiots on screen, and that's enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. You know, the fact that they got the goot is pretty great. Um, and um, you know, it, overall, I think it's very fun. Um, I don't think it's top tier community. I'd say it's maybe a B plus. Um, okay. But, um, you know, overall, I really enjoy it. I don't have a lot more to say about it. I mean, it's yeah, it's it's a bunch of people showing up and being weird on screen. And and that's an enjoyable 24 minutes of television to me. And that's that's all there is to it. Yeah, Um, I think that's a reasonable way to come at this episode. uh, But we want to know what you think about this episode, about um, uh, Star Wars, I guess. Um, Yeah. 
Steve Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg. Um, little Doors. Little Doors. I'm going to keep thinking about that little door. Uh, please tell Mike, uh, please write a, a fiction about the little door and send it to Mike. Oh my um, God. I would love a fiction about the little door. Oh, you do, you're, oh my God. I would read the crap out of it. We want to know all these things and more. You can tweet at us at good morning, Greendale. Nope. You can tweet at us at good Greendale on failing website, twitter.com. You can find mm-hmm. us on the internet at goodmorninggreendale.com, where you can, uh, access a con comment form which will send us an email, just like Kira did. Uh, We've got an email to to, uh, read today. Kira says, Hi, Ben and Mike. Hope you guys are both good. Just wanted to jump in with some thoughts about queer studies and advanced waxing that I had while listening to the pod. I only started watching Community for the first time when this pod changed from Futurama to Community, so 2020-ish. And I'm also British, so I can't really comment on how this fit into the American views on queerness at the time. Um, however, as someone who is bisexual and non-binary, I appreciate how they treat the Dean's unlabeled sexuality and gender nonconformity seriously in this one. Being queer is often a joke, especially when the queerness isn't easily digestible and made palatable to the assumed straight audience. I've seen very few TV characters who are allowed to be queer like the Dean is. Non-binary characters that aren't robots or aliens or people actually calling themselves bisexual are still rare enough at this stage that it's honestly incredible to me that this episode happened. With all that said, the odd cop-out ending is disappointing, and I'm unsure how much of my soft spot for this episode is due to the, the episode itself and how much of it is due to the disappointing TV landscape This type of queer uh, for this type of queer representation. Anyways, looking forward to seeing the end of Community out on this pod and getting back to some Futurama. I'm very afraid about the reboot, but trying to keep hopeful until I see it myself. Uh, same. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have we tied ourselves to Futurama, and now we we are terrified. So, um, yeah. Thank you for writing into us, um, and I, I appreciate uh, the uh, additional perspective on that. I mean, I, I agree. Yeah. I think, you know. Uh, that that episode, I mean, I really stumbled over myself kind of trying to talk about that episode because sure. it is this like, you know, the Dean's sort of sexuality has been a joke, kind of a joke, kind of a weird like, you know, his into Dal- the Dalmatians yeah, thing. He's obsessed the Dalmatian with Jeff. stuff. It, it's um, been a joke throughout the series. Yeah. I agree. And then to in season six, just be like, all right, the Dean is gay and then some. Uh, and just everyone's just like, yeah, that's fine. Like that's, that's, you know, not a problem. And then having, having that weird sort of cop out of just like, well, they've got to be mad at him for something. So he's a politician. It's, it's all very, the, the cop out, uh, I I mentioned it. I mean, I talked about it at length on the episode, but it is kind of weird to have that cop out. But yeah, I do agree that like, in 2015, which uh, was eight years ago, uh, sorry, everyone. Cool. Um, but, you know, that in our lifetimes, that wasn't that long ago. But sure. in 2015, I mean, who else was... Who, who else was, was openly gay and, like, it's just, like, fine and that's, like you know, right. a fact about them, but it's not like the 
their their role in the show. Um, I think Modern Family was probably on at the time. Um, when that did that start? Right. Uh, 2009. 2009. Um, so Modern Family was definitely doing that, although it was, you know, that was very much a, like, the point of the show is, uh, you know, right. uh, one of these families is... is uh, two married two gay guys who i think get married in the in the span of the show i didn't actually watch it i've not seen it no. um but like beyond that i'm like i don't i don't know what else was was really happening in the in in queer spaces in american tv like and 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 partially that may be due to you know our perspectives not really having like you know not really focus like looking for that sure um but um but yeah i mean i just i I just don't i can't think of a lot um and it's it's kind of surprising that like it was that barren of a landscape just a mere eight years ago that like community doing it was like this breath of fresh air even with a weird cop-out ending yeah um i mean i i Agree. Uh, you know, that representation is uh, still a struggle. So yeah, here right. in 2023, uh, getting better, but, you know, still a struggle. So, yeah, I think uh, it's obviously, you know, eight years is not a long time, but also uh, at the same time, a long time. Um, we're, you know, and I'm not saying we, um, but I really appreciate having new perspectives about the media that I, uh, that I, under, you know, I watch and understand, especially because, you know, I don't have their perspective. So I really appreciate the the letter in and like, I really thank them for, for writing in. Hi, editor Ben here. I just wanted to jump in uh, real quick uh, because between last week when we recorded and me editing, um, I did get a chance to check out uh, Matt Baum's new book, uh, Hi Honey, I'm Homo, uh, which is about... Um, kind of this exact topic. Uh, It's about uh, sort of the history of uh, queer people who made sitcoms of old um, back in like the 50s and um, kind of the evolution of um, queer people in American uh, TV. And the uh, subtitle is Sitcom Specials and the Queering of American Culture. Uh, And that's kind of uh, what it's all about. Uh, I'm not... um, I'm not uh, uh, done reading it yet, um, but uh, if this is a topic that uh, interests you, um, I do actually want to give that book a, a shout out um, because uh, it is basically everything we've just been talking about here today. So um, give that a give that a, a look. Um, it uh, just came out a couple of weeks ago, and um, uh, so you may not uh, be aware of it. But um, anyways, just wanted to give that a shout out. And now back to the previously recorded episode. Yeah, uh, thank you very much for um, sending us the email. And um, uh, if you are ever in the States, try our fantastic corn. Um, <laughs> God, I, I, I was like, I don't know what he's who he's going to suggest. Oh, no, but it's a corn uh, joke. Got no, it. in all seriousness, thank you very much for uh, sending us the uh, the email and uh, some uh, perspective on on that episode. And yeah. if you we if really you also it. want to write us an email, that's at goodmorninggreendale.com. And uh, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash back to Futurama. The only place where you can listen to Ben talk about his Plex server.
hey, I edited out that whole bit, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I, I won't. I won't shit on you. Uh, thank you so much for coming to these. I we we love it when when you interact with us, of course. But you know, you come down to the end of these, and we really appreciate that you're you're sitting there listening to us and hopefully laughing. We hope we put a smile on your face and a you know have a good good rest of the day with what whoever podcast you're going to welcome into your ears next. And until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. I, I wish you wish luck. Wish you corn. Yuba dooba dooba. Yuba dooba dooba.